and welcome to the fire market it is june 22nd 2023 thanks for listening and joining us please don't forget to follow the facebook firemark page we're still climbing we're almost at 200,000 downloads and we'll probably reach it after this show so thanks to everyone wherever you are for making this show part of your day and supporting the program don't forget you can not only follow the firemark on facebook but also on instagram and our newly launched youtube channel so please subscribe to that we'll be posting short clips of the show and other fun stuff and please check out our clips from country music star andrew salgado he and I did our show a couple of weeks ago. We have uh, posted the clips of that on YouTube and Instagram. And in the future, we're going to have some celebrity guests, which I'm real excited. Uh, keep that a surprise for right now. So I'm going to be posting clips from those shows as well. Very excited about that. Uh, today, we're broadcasting live from the Sagamore Hotel, Bolton Landing, New York. We're on a uh, family retreat, family reunion here. I'm here with Cousin Polly B. Say hello, Cuz. Great to be here, Alex. Looking forward to it. Oh, boy. Not like a robot, though. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. So we're going to get into it. We're going to do our regular show today, and uh, we're, we're enjoying the, uh, the atmosphere over here. This hotel is, what, about 130 years old, something like that? Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, uh, the architecture, the uh, resources, the lake is absolutely stunning. I don't think people realize how big this Lake George is, but it's absolutely wonderful nature, and it's a really classy place. Yeah, we were on a boat today. We uh, took a tour from uh, Captain Ted and Captain Tim, and they told us, I think it was uh, stem to stern, the lake's 32 miles long and three miles across at its widest point. So really an incredible thing. We went swimming. It was freezing. It was a good time up here. So we were here last year. It's beautiful. Reminds you of the, the Swiss Alps when you look out on top of the, uh, the deck over here. So we're enjoying it. We're having a good time over here. So we just want to do, uh, do the show from, from on location. Getting into the current events, we got the, the biggest news was this uh, missing Titanic sub. I don't know why this is news, in my opinion. I know Paul is going to disagree with me here a little bit, but uh, your thoughts? Well, I mean, I understand, obviously, you're probably framing it in your head, saying, hey, this is uh, some rich guy in a uh, technological vehicle that probably wasn't safe and something happened bad and I understand it's a toy of the rich but it's still a human interest story I think everybody in America loves to hear a human interest story where maybe they could save someone that's in jeopardy of losing their lives and I think that's why it was newsworthy I definitely agree with you that uh, there's certainly some suspect reasons why somebody would climb into something like that without making sure it's uh, safe having uh, safety beacons, having GPS tracking, but go on first. Let's, let's hear your side of it. No, I just, uh, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of rich guys in the, I mean, you know, my, my thoughts of the meme that I saw, which I thought was funny, which is Titanic two uh, rich people, zero. I thought that was really funny. You know, I understand the human interest story. Sure. If, if they needed to be rescued, I mean, I'm all about it. I, I had said before the, uh, when the uh, boys from Thailand were stuck in the cave for weeks and weeks and weeks, I watched that every day. I was hoping they were going to be okay. Uh, and as soon as they were, God, God bless them. And I watched the documentary and the movies. It was fantastic. But this one, like I knew immediately, I'm like, they're gone. I'm like, this is in three days later. And then, then it disappears. So. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I, I personally, you know, as much as I'm interested in seeing things, I'd probably be more interested in maybe traveling out into the atmosphere, into space and maybe take a shot at that rather than go into a, a carbon fiber submarine and risk my life. But, uh, you know, they, the people that got on it probably were led to believe it was safe. You know, we'll find out uh, in the future if there's uh, facts we don't know. Maybe the guy told him it's his 20th trip and it was totally safe to go on. And they said, hey, this is something different. I'm rich. I haven't done anything interesting like that. The one I really feel bad for is apparently one of the billionaire's sons was 
deathly afraid to get on the sub, yep. but he was cajoled into uh, mm-hmm. getting on board for Father's and, Day. Uh, you know, it it seems that they were killed in uh, a matter of milliseconds, but uh, it's still got to be a horrible way to go. Sure, sure. Well, we're going to get more in depth in it next week. I know. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, no. That, that was a total Freudian slip there, but all right, yeah, more in depth into it because the pressure's on us right now to uh, continue on well before we uh, run out of air here. So anyway, <laughs> so moving on, it's been in the news a lot. I know you've had some thoughts to share about uh, Hunter Biden and uh, the laptop and the allegations and yeah. talk to me, cuz. So look, you know, it's obviously it's becoming a maelstrom. It's getting really serious at this point. I think there's even democratic commentators that have gotten to the point where they say hey this is newsworthy this is no longer a conspiracy and there's people that are taking their uh, jobs as reporters seriously they're really starting to drill down so I think the next few months are really going to be pretty wild it's going to be a wild ride they've been leaking some stuff from the laptop I mean at this point it's been pretty credibly proven that uh, you know it wasn't Russian disinformation yep. as it had been claimed and right. you know most people are watching the news for 10 15 minutes it's a night if the media keeps blaming it on Russia and that it's a fake laptop and then 51 intelligence officers uh, basically make a sworn oath that they think that it was dubious. I mean, you know, the average person is going to believe that and think, oh, these people who have curriculum vitae are working for the government and have good credentials. Why would they lie to me? But I think at this point we've seen that, hey, people are realizing, well, they did lie to me. Mm hmm. I feel this whole thing, I, I don't pay a lot of attention to the whole Hunter Biden thing, because in my opinion, I just think that Joe Biden has done way worse things. And, you know, although I know that the Republicans are trying to line up to have articles of impeachment on Biden, I, I, I honestly, I hate the move. Um, I think that you don't want to impeach Biden, because if you impeach Biden and he's exonerated, it's going to only give him momentum. So or or if and then the other side of it, if he's convicted, then you're left with Kamala Harris. <laughs> I mean, right. that's better. Right. So, I mean, I mean, this this is not this is not a good strategy, you know, from a sports standpoint. Like this isn't how I would be coaching my, my troops. Right. It's so a, it's a bit of a catch 22 there for sure. Uh, and, and, and definitely there's other other things that are going on that are probably much worse. I think also, you know, leading into what you were saying, I think people definitely have impeachment fatigue. And they just think it's politics as usual. Half the country is uh, hating the other half. So uh, they definitely get tired of it. And I think that it, won't, it will serve no one and could even end up rallying Democratic donors to help the president, uh, you know, no matter yeah, what he intends to do. Absolutely, it could. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll keep tabs on the story as it develops and, and go from there. I know you're based in New York, and we, uh, we had a big news coming out in New York in the last couple of weeks. We all saw it, the, the Canadian wildfires. Oh, news. yeah, absolutely crazy. How, how, how was that? Yeah, everyone was so, choking all yeah, over the place. So huh? I, I have an office in Manhattan, and uh, my home, my residence is on Long Island, and we were dumbstruck. We could not believe how much smoke we were getting. Um, from that area. I think it was coming out of the forest near Sherbrooke. We have uh, relatives and friends in Montreal, and we just could not believe the amount of smoke. It really shows you that, you know, we're all connected in this world. I mean, you know, uh, allegedly the uh, nuclear particulate matter is um, even smaller and travels even quicker than the smoke. If this smoke was coming down from a Canadian fire, you could o- only imagine the horror of what would happen if there was some nuclear fallout or something like that. Oh, yeah. Coming Jeez. from one city to the next. Where I lived when uh, the 9-11 towers uh, were burning, we were, wh- we were east of it, and we were getting 
massive amounts of uh, chemical and burning and plastic smells. But this this uh, forest fire, it was unbelievable. You would go outside, you would swear your neighbor two houses down, their home was on fire. That's how strong it was. And it lasted days. We went out, the smoke was acrid. Uh, our eyes were burning. Uh, we really kind of stayed in for a couple days because it was wow. that nasty. Uh, really shocking, really shocking. Unbelievable. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can only imagine what's going on in California. They have a lot of problems with the forests drying out there. They have water shortages, uh, which, you know, hopefully Gavin Newsom can get working on because uh, they got to start desalinating some of that Pacific Ocean. If the waters are rising, let's desalinate the ocean. And we'll have enough water to put out these fires. Oh, I mean, absolutely. It's funny that you brought that up because I was listening to a, one of the podcasts I listened to is uh, Bill Maher. He does a pretty good show. Right. And Bill Maher had Elon Musk on in his last episode. And he was actually talking about Bill Maher was talking about, you know, we're worried about the water. And he's like, you're 70 percent water and desalination is very cheap. And, you know, people need to get on board and start doing it. Yeah. And you shouldn't have droughts in places. We have all this water. I agree. You know, apparently, you know, obviously I, I don't like to oversimplify things, but I asked. One of my friends is Stanford PhD. I said, you know, you're, you're, he's working in Silicon Valley. I said, you know, you have so much water there. Why can't they just desalinate the water? And he said that uh, the typical methods use a lot of electricity. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's that California's against using the electricity, but clearly we have a problem. And you know, uh, you can you can turn desert into fertile land if you have enough water. Absolutely, so we, we definitely have to figure out a way that people's homes aren't threatened, especially even if temperatures are going up, whether it's man-made or nature's cycle. We definitely have to figure out. You know, Texas and California, they have to have more water, and we got to pipe it in or desalinate from wherever we can because people aren't safe living there. You know, two great states with, a, with the same problem. Yeah, absolutely. And then also being in New York, uh, I saw that New York's going to drop their COVID vax mandate for healthcare workers in September. You know, while, while that's great, are, are they going to rehire all the people that they unjustly fired for their discriminatory actions and provide back pay and restore tenure? You know, this it's, is what needs to happen, but I doubt it will. It, look, it's a great point. I mean, you know, we're flying uh in darkness at the beginning you don't know exactly uh how bad the bug is some people are dying you don't know whether the vaccine is good for some people not good for others and we certainly don't have time to figure it out to fire people over over, over something like that is ridiculous they when you need them too when you need them extremely brave people i mean you know uh, I, when you see people going to work every day under those conditions, even with protective measures, they're really, really uh, in, in a vice because, you know, everyone has it. You can be in a wing where 40 people have it and they assign you where they assign you. So you don't you don't always get a choice. They definitely should compensate them in some way, give them a path to a rehabilitate, get their job back. And, you know, the path shouldn't be difficult. It should just be a question of whether or not they want to, whether or not the hospital still has uh, room for people working. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. You know, the, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Eric Adams. I don't know what your your thoughts are. Yeah, so uh, really disappointed. You know, he uh, started off as a police officer, and we were hoping uh, for good things because he seemed sensible, not just a party hack, but actually once he got into office, he really seems somewhat delusional, mm -hmm. not understanding what he's done to the city. You know, post de Blasio, I think anybody that cared about the city really wanted it cleaned up a little bit. Right. And, you know, you don't have to bang heads or uh, arrest uh, minorities for no reason to clean up a city. You just have to clean up a city properly. Uh, you got to get the guns off the street. Uh, when, when cops are doing stop and frisk 
it uh, can sometimes have a uh, poor effect in the way they execute it. But with the amount of guns running around, I mean, we don't want to be the next Chicago. You don't want to be the next Detroit. And as uh, someone that works in the city, to not feel safe taking the 2-3 subway to my office yeah. uh, when I uh, am trained in self-defense and still have to worry about being safe, that's not a city for anybody. And, you know, we have a great city. We have the financial center there. The city is owed and deserves a better administration. Absolutely. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Very well said. Trump was indicted on the Mar-a-Lago document seizure, but, you know, I want to know where's Biden and Pence indictments? You know, meanwhile, Mike Pence is declaring his candidacy for president. I'm sure you saw that. Yeah, I did. But but I, I don't know what, what's going on. Why can't why? Why isn't there equal justice in, in, in indicting people if they're stealing documents? Well, look, you're you're 100 percent right. I mean, no two cases are identical. Right. But we can definitely draw comparisons between them. It, it definitely looks like just uh, prosecutorial bias at this point. They want to take Trump off the chess table. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things uh, you can point at that Trump did properly. There's a lot of things you can say were self-inflicted wounds. But the last thing we want in this country are for the justice system and the courts to be weaponized because that's not a democracy. You can't say, hey, I'm for free speech until they disagree with my opinion. And uh, once again, there may be better choices for president. There may not be, but you can't do what they're doing right now. It's, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. You wouldn't even think this is America with what they're trying to get away with right now. Crazy, yeah, insane. You know, I mean, I think the Democrats are so scared of Trump that the only way they think they're going to win is by jailing their biggest threat. You know, and this is democracy. But they seem to have forgotten that the executive branch of government is supposed to enforce laws and not create them, like such what they do with the forcing the vax on the people. Absolutely. You're just supposed to enforce. So that's an abuse of power, and it's also unconstitutional, and that's really what fascism is. And it drives me crazy that Democrats use the word fascism like, like it's just like water. You know, it's insulting to me as a Jew, basically, to hear the Democrats use the word so cavalierly. So I live in Florida, as you know, and I've read tons of books on the Holocaust and Nazi Germany. The comparison is not even close, and it's really downright insulting and even anti-Semitic as it downplays the fascism that existed against the Jews. You know, I, I sit there and freely go from business to business and sit in my home, crack a beer at my pool. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm not living in a fascist environment with this. You of know? course, of course. And it is beyond time that we begin to fight the incorrect uses of this terminology, in my opinion, because these uneducated assholes on the left constantly misuse this term. Look, I agree. I think there's definitely uh, abuse of, of, of these types of adjectives. I mean, you know, when, when you think of what went on in World War II, uh, there's not even anything close to this. You know, it, it's, it's really just political opinions. They're trying to take Trump off the chessboard. They're trying, yeah. to, trying to taint DeSantis. Look, you know, uh, even the people that initially didn't like Trump, a lot of friends of mine like Mitt Romney. So the media destroyed him. Harry Reid made up lies about him, said he doesn't pay any taxes. They, they blasted all over a media quote that was an absolute fact that 47% uh, of people don't pay any federal tax, which is not opinion. It was a fact. Mm -hmm. And then you run into the question of you're getting representation without taxation. Right. So you're going to have people coming in, new citizens, immigrants, um, 
who are they going to vote for? They're going to vote for the party of handouts. Now, I'm not saying that we don't help people up. America is a great nation. We have quotas from every country. We're very, very charitable in the world, um, and we deserve credit for that. You can't make it that, hey, if someone successfully bum rushes the border, that they're entitled to benefits, a cell phone, and uh, everything else that citizens get. And now, you look, you even have people in California like Gavin Newsom that want to allow non-citizens even to vote which is kind of crazy because then what's the point of being a citizen if you're given all the rights without having to be one? Absolutely. And moving on, that was my idiot of the week. So Gavin Newsom, I heard that he wants the 20, uh, have a 28th Amendment to repeal the Second Amendment. And I know you had some strong feelings on that, but uh, what an idiot to even suggest that, which, you know, yeah, is never going to pass. You know, one, one of the reasons, right, that uh, it's such a slippery slope in, in this country is because People are saying, oh, we need to amend the Constitution. The, the Constitution is a framework. It, it is a flexible document, but you have to have enough rational, sane people to make an amendment to it. You can't just follow the parts you like and follow the parts you dislike. I was always amazed when uh, Barack Obama was in office. He was a constitutional law professor, and his executive orders were, were absolutely unquestionably in violation of the Constitution, and he was okay with doing it. Whether he was frustrated with the Republican Congress, I, I, I don't know. But in posterity, for anyone who studied constitutional law, and to do that I thought were absurd, uh, for mm. Newsom to uh, be gunning after the Second Amendment, excuse the pun, is ridiculous. Believe me, you know, we all wish there was a world where nobody misused guns. But I can tell you right now, during uh, Hurricane Sandy, it was starting to get pretty crazy in New York. People getting pretty wild when there was no gas and no food and no toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you right now, the only thing that made you feel safe in your home is knowing that you could protect it. I right. saw fights break out everywhere. I had... Um, anecdotal stories of people I know who lived in New Orleans that said during Katrina, oh, some police just terrible. packed up their uh, their SUVs, you know, their uh, GMC Yukons with their <laughs> own family and took off. You right. know, the mayor was hiding uh, in the uh, penthouse of a hotel, you know, was flipping out in Air Force One when George W. Bush came to see him. He was having a, basically an anxiety attack. It, it looked like he was unresponsive. So you have to realize that people have a right to protect themselves. Nobody likes when these tragedies occur, and God forbid it was any of our relatives. You know, you guys have had the tragedies in Florida. We've had plenty in New York and Connecticut, and the, the mo more recent ones in the Midwest and in Texas. It's absolutely abhorrent, but that's not the answer. If you right. want to make some sensible regulation. I think that that's possible, but I also think that there's a huge mental health component to it that's been re remaining undressed. And I can tell you right now, there are some people on the streets of New York that definitely uh, need to be evaluated because it's not safe for the rest of us. That recent uh, choking on the subway, mm -hmm. a guy's making threats. I mean, I haven't heard Absolutely. <coughs> I haven't heard all of the lines that were said, but a guy steps in as a Samaritan. They're bringing him up on charges now, uh, to my mind. In my legal training, I mean, maybe in certain instances it could be a manslaughter uh, charge, but nothing more than that. And even that, if a guy's threatening people on the train, you would hope that somebody would step up and do something. Absolutely. So Not the guy does. We yeah, we're gonna we're gonna basically put a chilling effect on all assistants and all Samaritans, and you're gonna get into a very dark place where a man's gonna pass out, and no one's gonna give him CPR. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and more people are gonna die, and it's, yeah, it's terrible. So, well, Paul, thank you very much. That was a great current event segment. We are going to take a quick break right now, and uh, Paul and I will be right back with a quick sports update.
And welcome back. I'm here at the Sagamore Resort, Bolton Landing, New York, again with Pauly B. Hey, now. <laughs> What's up, man? We'll do a quick sports update. Not a lot going on since sports since our last update, but uh, sadly, my Gators, we, uh, I watched the end of the College World Series after a 24-4 win to bring it to a deciding game three. The Gators got beat down 18-4 to by LSU, and it was really a disappointment. So LSU wins the national championship. I was really hoping the Gators would pull it out, but it's uh, continuing the, the Florida sports tradition, it seems, this year of now we got FAU and Miami. They made the Final Four. Then you had the, the Panthers and the Heat making the finals in the NBA and the NHL, and the Gators coming within basically a base hit away in the first game from winning the national championship and the almost had. So uh, congrats to LSU, national champions in baseball. Um, Major League Baseball, haven't followed a lot of it. Tampa Bay still crushing over in the AL East. The Yanks are struggling. Aaron Judge is hurt. He's got a sprained toe. He tore a ligament, something like that. I think the Reds were won about 12 games in a row, so they're coming on strong, which is a big surprise in the NL Central. And uh, the Marlins, like 12 games over 500. They got a new rookie, uh, Roz, if, his, if that's his last name, and he's actually flirting with 500. Every night he's going three for five, four for five, five for five. It's crazy. Nobody's hit 400 since Ted Williams hit 406 back in like the mid-40s, which is crazy. Is he going to keep it up the whole season? Probably not. Golf news, and I know Paul wanted to touch on this a little bit. So Live Golf merges with the PGA. It sounds like there's a lot of shadiness going on there because the Saudis are involved. You know, you know, when you're watching this story unfold and, the, you know, they're first challenging the PGA. You know, as I was watching some of the policies of PGA, I, I honestly had to look at it and say, hey, you know, is this really fair? I've known people that, uh, you know, tried to get on the tour and got on the tour, and it, it's so much hard work, and the guys at the bottom – you know, they really can barely make a nickel to feed their families. And I understand, you know, obviously you're only going to be able to pay the top, top people. Sure. But I, I did like the idea of, uh, you know, the, the, the new association uh, making uh, a lot of these young golfers, which people would enjoy see, see playing, make a, a livelihood for them. Uh, I think a merger uh, is absolutely amazing in a way because instead of it being threatened, now we're going to have more golf and it's going to be on a bigger scale. Uh, once you have that money put into anything, you kind of have a 800-pound gorilla in the room. Mm -hmm. And I think the merger will probably be a good thing for golf fans. I mean, look, people can choose to decide what they want if they're not interested in the lower guys, lower guys and the lower qualified guys. But you've got to remember, everybody loves a Cinderella story. And golf's one of those sports where someone can just have a great day and come out of the blue and really, oh, absolutely. really rock it. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. I, I definitely think, obviously... You know, when you're dealing with that kind of money, there's always going to be some corruption. And, you know, they'll have to sort it out. There's been corruption in a lot of different sports. I mean, we saw the FIFA stories. We saw mm -hmm. a lot of stories, even yeah. with Formula One. And it's, uh, it's pretty wild. But as a sports fan, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. And I think we're going to have to watch it unfold because there's never been anything like this before. Yeah, it should be a, definitely a developing story. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, let's see what else we got. We got the uh, in hockey. We had the Ottawa Senators sold for one million dollars, one billion dollars. It's billion with a B, bought by some you know rich investor guy. But you know I don't know if you know this, but for a time there was a group that was headed by the Weekend and Snoop Dogg. 
that was going to go ahead and buy the Senators, and I just wanted to see a little fashizzle my nizzle hockey going on, and that would have been funny. Yeah, I mean, look. It's, but it didn't it's, happen. It's pretty amazing, right? The buy-in price for some of these teams has been absolutely outrageous. We saw even teams 10 years ago that were performing poorly. Even the NBA were going for a fortune. So, of course, I think there's definitely going to be a fan base. Uh, you know, hip-hop already is interested in uh, many sports. They're interested in basketball. They're interested football. Uh, you know, to definitely have more flavor coming in um, to NHL, I think would only be a positive. Yeah, and uh, I know you're a big Rangers fan. The Rangers, they bounced out in the first round, lost in seven games to the Devils. They uh, fired Gerard Gallant. I'm not sure what was up with that, but they hired Peter Laviolette. I know Laviolette had made some statements. He wants Alex Lafreniere more involved. I don't know your thoughts on season, future. Yeah, you know, we were all disappointed. I mean, you know, the Rangers have had quite a, quite a dry spell. You know, not, not since the 90s have the fans really had uh, a tremendous amount to be excited about. I think some changes definitely needed to be made. Whether or not they'll pay off, I don't think we can tell. But uh, I definitely think they have to... Uh, carefully decide what they want to do in this draft uh maybe go after a forward maybe even a goalie uh you know you have to start thinking towards the future and i'm hoping that that's what they're going to do because uh you know you got diehard loyal fans and you know we're very frustrated it is frustrating and i just you know just a quality coach in galan to have him bounce and hire laviolette which is a you know he's he's a quality coach he had some he's every almost every stop that he's had he's made the team better and he's gotten a lot of teams to the to the uh conference finals uh, I'm sorry to the to the Stanley Cup Finals, but I, I I don't know I just I don't know what what Gallant was pissing people off about that Laviolette was the better choice. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean the, you know the guy obviously uh, he his medal's been tested. He's done a great job before, but sometimes change is a good thing. I'm trying to think positive about it. You know sometimes chemistry makes a big big deal, and sometimes if there's too much friction, you have to make a change. And I'm hoping it's going to work out. Yeah, I mean you know for me though Gerard Gallant like I I don't. I don't like the Rangers. I always have not liked the Rangers. I just have a thing against the Rangers. I don't know if this is growing up, you know, my, my other cousins, you, you know, like Mikey, Allen, Steve, the Islanders and everything. So I was always rooting for the Islanders. Sure. So I didn't root for the Rangers. And I just haven't haven't liked them. And then, you know, they, they built a, a decent squad together and then they hired Gerard Gallant. And Gerard Gallant's a coach that makes me go, oh, shit, here we go. Now the Rangers are going to be good. And then last year they were up 2-0 on the Lightning and they were crushing it. They won both games like 6-1. to yep. And then the Lightning creeped back. I was lucky to go to game six uh, when they actually won the conference against the Rangers. And a lot of New York fans in that house in Tampa. It was it was electric. Sure, and, sure. And uh, it was a crazy game. But um, – you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what Laviolette does because, you know, they, they, they still got a good squad. I mean, Patrick Kane's on the way out, and obviously he was a, a pickup just to try to get him a cup right at the end. They do that with, with teams here and there. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. The Rangers are kind of, you know, in, in the middle. They can go one direction or the other. It's not really – We'll see, we'll see what I, happens. I totally agree. You know, they're kind of middling, and that's maybe why they were looking for, for some for change. change. You yeah, know, you, you Floridian sports fans have a lot to be excited about, and we're missing some of that in New York. You know, the Yankees, I don't know, I think maybe they're in, they're in third in the uh, American League East right yep. now. And uh, right now with Judge's injury, which I've had that injury, it's, it's massive. And I'm, I'm 200 pounds, and it's extremely painful. I mean, he's a giant, so I can't imagine, you know, he puts a lot of pressure. It's like the same thing with these linemen in the NFL. You can't imagine the pounds per square inch that their feet to go put through. put on their feet, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, I agree with you. It's going to have to be a wait and see on the Rangers. Uh, you know, you have a lot to look forward to in this year ahead. That's what we're looking for. Yep.
And, uh, yeah, speaking of Florida, it uh, looks like uh, Lionel Messi is going to sign with Inter Miami, play in the MLS. It's a... Uh, Quite, quite a steal there, uh, but we'll see. You know, I mean, he's at the at the tail end of his career. He's still performing, obviously. I mean, he was a monster in the World Cup when sure. he was bringing Argentina the title. So it's going to draw a lot of eyeballs in the seats. I mean, that's something, you know, I'm not an MLS fan at all. I don't like it. I follow Premier League, as I've said on the show before. You know, Man City, that's my team. They won the treble. Very happy about that. You know, I we, we have a team in Orlando. We have... Orlando City, and if Messi's going to be playing Inter-Miami and they're coming, I mean, you know, that game's going to be sold out. Yeah. Probably must-see, you know. I mean, you know, it's uh, look, I think it's great. I I, I think he still could play, obviously, in the European leagues if he wanted to, even if his role was slightly diminished. I think it's great for the city of Miami. I mean, the guy's a legend, and there comes a point in a guy's career, maybe he felt that he's done it all. You know, he may be, uh, I think he's getting a kind of a sweet package maybe to buy into another franchise after he plays for a while. He's going to get the international fans in Miami who have a lot of money and uh, he's going to put on a great show for all the fans down there. I also follow uh, the Series A in Italy and I follow the Premier League um, in uh, England and of course, you know, I'm used to that level of soccer, but it still doesn't mean that he can't uh, make the MLS that much more interesting. I remember when uh, Beckham came over to uh, the L.A. Galaxy at the time. Oh, that's it, right. It really lit up the city yeah. and brought a little celebrity status. Not that Miami doesn't have its celebrities, of course, that it does, but it, it'll be exciting. And, you know, if someone in the twilight or near twilight of their career can make a difference on a team, even if it's setting up other people to score goals and then score a few goals himself, I think it'll be exciting and hopefully it'll fill the stands. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. And lastly, the Women's World Cup, it's starting on July 20th, so just a couple of weeks away. Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan are headlining the squad who are going to be without Captain Becky Sauerbrunn due to an injury. You know, I don't know, to be honest, how I feel about this team. I mean, I want to root for them, but Megan Rapino is such a hypocrite with her stance on men and women's sports. I don't know if you heard that, like she wants these transgender athletes playing in women's sports, but then you have a woman's sport. So, listen, why don't you give up your seat for some player on the men's team that wants to wear a wig and go support the team because <laughs> are, are you going to do that I mean which side of the aisle are you on right now are you supporting this or you're not supporting it you yeah, know it's it's an extraordinarily difficult subject I think right now knowing so many females in college and college sports and seeing what they've had to go through to get to where they are and then to be losing any spots they have you know there's something not right about it I don't know what the solution is going to be but certainly they haven't found it yet you know uh, people can battle uh, about testosterone about muscle tone it's it's clearly it's clearly not fair uh, you know when you have the uh, 200th rank male player able to beat, I don't remember if it was Venus or Serena Williams who right. you know, played a few years back. You know, it, it, it's ludicrous to set it up that way and act that we have to put everything, uh, on, tilt the entire sports world on its side to accommodate. There, there can be some accommodation made, but they don't have the answers. You, you know, to me right now, they haven't found the answer. And uh, I know some states are legislating against it, and I kind of stand where they do now because I think that there may be a way to think it through. There may be a way to make a separate league, but, you know, it's very difficult with funding. You already have two uh, leagues. You're fielding a men's team and a women's team in in a college. I don't know if you're going to be able to have a third team. Uh, I think, you know, you can't deny science. Uh, I want to be inclusive, and I want people to uh, uh, feel good about themselves and their choices, but you can't let biological males take the spots 
of natural females. I just think it's wrong. Absolutely. And I did an in-depth on it on the last episode when I, on the show we had with Alan, we talked at length about it too. So I won't belabor the issue, but, uh, great sports segment. We are going to take a break right now and Paul and I'll be right back for a quick entertainment wrap up. And welcome back to the Fire Mark. It is June 26, 2023. Polly B is here. We're doing a quick entertainment wrap up. Anyway, uh, get into some movie reviews. Paul, you told me you just saw The Flash. Yeah, so uh, I am a big comic book fan, big comic book movie fan, been disappointed a lot lately. Uh So uh, my boy came in from college. We decided to see The Flash. I uh, saw that the early previews uh, were saying that uh, it wasn't too good and it was generally panned. So I uh, had low expectations and I was really disappointed because I thought it could have been a lot better. Okay. Uh, ultimately, maybe I would give it a six. It was entertaining, but really contrived. And, you know, I'm not saying that a comic book movie has to be uh, truthful, Just realistic. Believable, yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm not saying that, but uh, it seems that it was confused. Um, the director uh, really tried to go for some uh, humor that really fell flat. A lot of the jokes were corny. My son and I uh, were turning to each other during the movie, looking at each other, basically saying, like, you know, why why would they do that? So I think people are going to be generally disappointed. There hasn't been much that I wanted to see in theaters. I only really see blockbusters in theaters, big movies. I'm, you know, looking forward to Indiana Jones, but I'm hearing that that's supposed to be terrible as well. Yeah. I hope that that actually turns out to be watchable. Uh, the last one was really tough to watch, and I think they really... Uh, lost their bearings on that one but uh, yeah flash generally disappointing um you know definitely a visual spectacle in some ways but uh that ezra miller he seems to be an odd fellow to begin with right he's had some really controversial um stories with his personal life in the news and i guess a great movie would have been some sort of redemption but unfortunately i think he didn't get it mm-hmm well, I know my son and I were going to go see the movie in a couple of days. I was checking it out. I definitely wanted to see uh, Michael Keaton back as Batman. You know, I don't know. Did that did that fall flat too? So or? that that was a treat. Uh, I don't want to give away too much for those of us that haven't seen it yet, including yourself. I think it's still definitely worth going to because there's not a lot out, and it's it's good entertainment. Uh, you know, for 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 the money. I think that. There were moments that I was really happy about because obviously I saw Michael Keaton's version of Batman. I think it was 85 or 86. Was it Joel Schumacher's maybe movie with uh, Jack Nicholson? No, no, it was Tim Burton. Oh, Tim Burton. I'm sorry. When he did the first two, Joel Schumacher did. I'm sorry. uh, One of the later ones. That's right. Batman and Robin or Batman Forever. That's right. So the Tim Burton one with uh, Jack Nicholson, which, you know, was tremendous at the time. Uh, Kim Basinger uh, was in it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well done. I didn't care for the uh, Prince soundtrack. I'm a big fan of Prince. But oh, right. Ca- yeah. Didn't Bat care Dance. for that Prince yep. soundtrack 
but that movie was great. So it was great to see Michael Keaton on screen. Remarkably, he looked uh, pretty spry. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if he had hair transplants or what, but he looked great, and uh, his spirit was there. Uh, it was a treat, but I don't want to give away too much on how he ends up there, but some of it came off as very campy, not particularly his parts, but some of the... Um, some of the writing, you know, it seems these movies just miss their mark. Like, yeah, I, I know that they do test screenings, but they really need to pull some fans in there. Mm-hmm. I hope they're doing it already, but it would seem they're not just, you know, put some fans in there uh, when they still have some budget left to fix some things or maybe they could edit things better. But I think that it's worth seeing, but I don't think it's going to be anyone's favorite movie. They have test audiences. I'm not sure what happened with Flash. I'll still check it out. I mean, I know, speaking, you were talking about Indiana Jones. Somebody told me they had some test audiences, and they actually had to change the ending of Indiana Jones. Wow. Because the original ending, I guess, involved somehow, uh, I guess there's some time travel in it, which I'm really not a fan of with Indiana Jones. I don't know if they're keeping the time travel in or they're not, but I guess in this case, somehow Indiana Jones gets killed before he's supposed to be killed at some point uh, due to the time travel. And then I guess this new character, this the, the woman, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she actually reenacts a bunch of the stuff so his legacy lives on. So she goes in search of the, uh, the fertility idol in South America and then runs with the boulder. And she does the looking for the stones in India, and she does all this stuff so that it keeps his legacy. But it, that bombed with the test audiences. So they, didn't, wow. they, so they took that out, so they changed the ending, and that's not going to be the ending. So we'll see what happens. I purposely did not see the fourth one, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Everybody that told me to, about it, it said not to see it. But here we are, and I'll tell you, so I've been doing, just started this tradition to do a guy's movie day. So I'm like, you know, we have some movies coming out, and the new one's coming out. So we did this whole thing. I did a test thing with a couple of buddies, and we did John Wick, and it was awesome. We watched the first three at the house. Right. I have a little movie theater set up at the house. We did that. Then we went to the theater, saw the fourth one. We had a great time. We were fully engaged. All those movies are great. You could, sure. you could make 100 of them. I think they'll all be good. So I decide, I'm like, yeah, I'll invite some other people over. We're going to do Indiana Jones. I'm not going to do the fourth one. We're going to watch it in chronological order. So we're going to start with Temple of Doom. So we're going to watch, you know, Temple of Doom, Raiders, Last Crusade. I've never seen Crystal Skull. Should I be a completist and see it before we see the fifth one? I don't think it has a bearing. So it probably doesn't have a bearing. But I I can tell you that as disappointed as I was with some of the casting choices and some of the plot lines of Crystal Skull, I don't think – like right now, I'm telling you that I recommend that you see Flash because it still will be entertaining. If you love Indiana Jones, Crystal Skull will not make you angry. You'll just be disappointed. Okay. So, uh, of course, I was not disappointed in the first or the second in any way. Um, I thought that they were great. I thought that the uh, third one with uh, Sean Connery uh, was also terrific mm-hmm. and amazing. So I don't think you're going to be able to compare it uh, to The Last Crusade in any way. But in the same way that I'm telling you that I think that Flash may be worth your entertainment dollar, just it won't be your favorite movie, I think Crystal Skull, while not necessary to see, if you're going through that exercise and you're really getting amped up, I don't see why not. Right, okay. So uh, I'll, I'll check it out, and uh, I'll have my review on the next podcast uh, after we do after the, uh, the guy's day on it and, and see. And then you also told me you saw a movie... Clint Eastwood, what is that, The Mule? Yeah, so, you know, I was looking for something to watch the other night. I uh, finished up work early, and I'm a big Eastwood fan. And I said to myself, you know, I haven't seen one of his movies in a bit. This one is probably from four or five, maybe even six years ago. 
And, uh, I, you know, I have to say, even six years ago, the guy's still able to act remarkably. And I uh, like the story, you know, and uh, I think that uh, people would enjoy the movie. I recommended it since I saw it, uh, you know, a couple of days ago. I recommended it to uh, a lot of people already. And I think it was just well done, uh, good filmmaking, good cinematography. And Eastwood's just amazing. He's a living legend. It's absolutely amazing that somebody could be acting effectively and convincingly in their 90s. You would think that at that point, he's already a prestigious director. We just sit in the director's chair and work his magic in the twilight of his career. But it's absolutely remarkable that anyone could do a job like that at that age. Yeah, well, I mean, you got Joe Biden, and, and uh, he's in his <laughs> 80s, and he's acting like he's president of the United States. And, you know, I think he's doing a marvelous job acting. He should be up for an Academy Award right there because he yeah. has no idea what he's doing. The pivotal word there is acting, exactly. acting like president. And if, you know, if, uh, what, you know the mule is about uh, Clint, East, Clint, Clint Eastwood is a guy that's had some disappointments letting his family down over the years. He's a florist and a botanist. And uh, as you can tell from the title, he gets, uh, in an unlikely way, recruited as a drug mule. So uh, it's, 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 it's a fun story. I think if anyone likes Eastwood, they should watch it. Okay, very cool, very cool. And I know a quick TV thing. You said you and your son were checking out the show Black Mirror. I know it's seen a couple episodes. Yeah. Kind of Twilight so, Zone-ish feel. Yeah, so we really like it. I it's mean, on we, Netflix? Yeah, we're, we're watching on Netflix. We, um, we really enjoy it. It's, it's, uh, we like science fiction. Yeah, so I think it's intriguing. I uh, watch it with my son. He's 19. I'm 54. I think there's some very clever episodes. I do think it's a little bit spotty and uneven in a sense that some episodes will be reminiscent of like an amazing Twilight Zone episode that you used to love as a kid or an Outer Limits. Uh, and uh, some are a little more, uh, I don't know, eccentric and not as enjoyable. But as a whole, I would say I enjoyed 80 percent of the episodes and definitely worth watching. There's some intriguing issues brought up. Uh, there's some social commentary that's on point that I think most people uh, would enjoy. And it's also fun sometimes to cool. see, see, you know, the, the stories play out. But uh, if you like science fiction at all, if you like The Outer Limits, if you like Twilight Zone. But I think definitely worthwhile. Uh, looks like they're going to bring on, uh, you know, some interesting um, cast members for the next season. So it should be great. Yeah, and uh, all right, last little bit of entertainment news. We got uh, Linda Hamilton. She's going to be joining the cast of Stranger Things 5, which is due out unknown due to the writer's strike, but season five will be the last season, so we'll keep you updated if we hear any information about Stranger Things 5 coming out. And uh, last, our entertainment idiot of the week. I'm going to go to Netflix on their password sharing. Apparently, this doesn't apply to phones because I'm sharing a password right now and I can get it on my phone just fine and so can all of the people that I know that are sharing the same password with this person. So if I wanted to, I can watch it on my phone and I could just cast my phone to my TV. So great job on the crackdown there, Netflix. Yeah, kind of silly. I mean, uh, you know, I understand people have to figure out a way to make revenue in their business model. But, you know, it gets offensive. Like, like I remember when I first got my membership, uh, my kids would be at my parents' house. They'd be babysitting. And if they were not allowed to use their own membership three blocks away, it would be preposterous. Right. If they want to, you know, make some type of surcharge. I mean, there's times we bring our Apple TV or our Fire Stick to a trip. Like we're in Florida. We're in Canada. Mm -hmm. We're in North Carolina. Are they going to shut down my uh, unit and my password saying that I'm out of my state or I signed in from a different IP address? I, you know, unless the business model is collapsing, 
I don't think that that breeds goodwill, and I think it's kind of a stupid business decision. If we read later on articles that says, hey, you know, they're not profitable enough. I mean, if you want to st- you know, be more profitable, uh, stop putting out so much of the crap that they put on. I mean, there are times, especially in the post-COVID years, uh, where, you know, you watch a little bit more TV and you watch the, the low-hanging fruit of things you know you would like. Um, I even took a shot on different things and most of the time regretted it. It was just really horrible. Uh, you know, to, wo- to one point, I'll just mention the uh, Adam Sandler produced movie, The Wrong Missy. You know, okay. wa- watch that. Watch that. And you'll uh, understand why they shouldn't fund so much of these crappy movies. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, with so many, uh, for lack of a better term, illegal apps out there, you know, it's it's easy to go ahead and bounce to something and get anything you want for free. So Netflix better be careful. So, Paul, want to thank you. This was a uh, very interesting and informative show. And, uh, yeah, we uh, we enjoy our time over here and our family vacation up here in Bolton Landing and. New York at the Sagamore. So thanks again, cuz cuz Paul. For sure, it's been great. We, did, we really flew by. We had a great great rapport, and uh, it's really nice being on location. I got to say, it was a lot of fun. Awesome, and thank you guys for joining us. We will see you next time on the Firemark. <laughs> Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York